Hey everyone, this next podcast is a release of a webinar featuring Sean from Active Demand and JP from Pipeline Deals. They lay out a really solid process for better aligning marketing and sales, tips on accelerating the buyer's journey, and steps to ensure your marketing automation and CRM platforms are working together. We'll include links with any of the relevant visuals as well as a link to the webinar in the show notes if you want to check it out. With that, I'll pass you over to Sean and JP. Thanks, JP, for joining us today and also each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to spend some time with us to talk about marketing and sales alignment. So the goal for today is I really hope that uh, after today's presentation that uh, everybody has some tools and some concepts and some strategies to help accelerate buyer journeys, specifically by getting better alignment on the sales and marketing side of things. During this presentation, we will introduce some new concepts. We will uh, share some insights where some of, uh, like from our experience, myself at JP with uh, what we've seen through our years of uh, experience in driving demand. And at the end of the slide presentation, both JP and I will give you a, a quick walkthrough of, uh, of software and how software can help align some of the uh, sales and marketing problems that we may have. Okay, excellent. Thank you all for for sharing your thoughts on this, and we'll definitely use uh, the information you've given us to uh, better present and, again, try to use your time wisely here. And speaking of uh, uh, the time we're using here, I think that uh, really doesn't matter what role we're in, what industry we're in, or any of these types of things. If we step back, really what all of us are, are here to do is to uh, help people with their buying process, right? Or if we think about it, let's put it into our customers, uh, look at our customers first, right? Our jobs as, as business folks is we're trying to help people make better product choices. They, we want to help them with the buying cycle. We want to accelerate the buyer journey. We want to make it easier for folks to engage with us as companies while we're selling our, our products and services. And the folks that are trying to accelerate these journeys, there's really two groups of people that in this topic is the marketing folks and the sales folks, because there is a, if we think about the funnel, there is a, uh, there is a marketing funnel. There is this group of people that marketing are applying pressure to, to hopefully introduce them to the sales organization. And each of these teams, if we're just thinking about people, the marketers and the sales folks, uh, each of them have unique challenges. And I think that one of the first things to think about is marketers need to really understand the sales challenges and sales folks need to understand the marketers challenges to do a better job. And arguably, we really need our two groups of people, the sales and marketing folks, to be well aligned because the person that suffers if there is not sales and marketing alignment, is actually the customers, right? Because if we're fumbling the ball, it's a case it's actually their time that's being wasted. So really we want to, I think there's a, a case to be made for our customers that we as uh, sales and marketing folks, we need to be well aligned in our processes and the things we're doing so that the customers can actually experience a better uh, a be a better experience with us as, as a product or service salespeople. Now, I just want to step back and just define something first here is really the complexity of like we're all selling and marketing different things like you saw on the poll there, there's people in different industries, etc. And I think that one thing that I like to think about is what is, if I'm marketing a product or service, I'm trying to think about what is the time to value, 
right? In the best case scenario, if somebody purchases a product or service from, from the company that I'm marketing for, how long will it be before they are actually realizing value out of the product or service? And also, if we think about it, how much effort is the company that's providing the product or service, how much effort after the sale is going to be required to get this, the help the, the prospect or help the customer rather get the value out of the purchase. And if we think about on the bottom left of this triangle, you know, buying a pack of gum, you know, it's the case that it's a discrete product. It's not going to change when you buy it. And the value is instantaneous. Whereas if we're thinking on the top right of this, this, uh, this grid, um, if we think about, for example, an ERP system, I don't know if any of you had the experience of uh, implementing an ERP system, but I don't think it's ever done. <laughs> it's, I think uh, that's why some of these ERP companies are, are as big as they are. We're going to get it right if it takes every penny you have. Uh, so the point is, is this this grid actually has a uh, big impact on sales and marketing and uh, specifically sales and marketing alignment. So if we think about uh, the discrete product, like for example, if we think about, I said a pack of gum and this, this slide's talking about maybe a, an iPad or something like that. And then on the other side, I used an example of an ERP where it's uh, it's a case the time to value is really long. There's a lot of consulting services to get the product right, this type of stuff. So there's actually an impact on the roles and responsibilities of the people who are marketing and selling these solutions. And if the this is not aligned and well-defined, or if we have a misalignment on expectation, um, it's a case that we're going to have some internal challenges is uh, in driving the sales process and the marketing process. So arguably, if the product is discrete and there's a uh, short time to value, the reality is marketing is going to do the heavy lifting. And it's a case that we're going to drive people into, into uh, the salesperson. Like if you think about walking into a Apple store, the sales process is, do you want the mini or do you want the big one? Right, it's 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 not too complex. Whereas on the other side of the coin, with the the ERP system, clearly sales are engaged all the way through the entire process. So, and marketing is really just doing you know brand awareness almost. Walk through many airports where you see SAP branding, and it's like you know BMW chooses SAP. That's the whole marketing messaging. So, if it's a case that we do misalignment, like for example, if in the discrete product, and we really just saying you know, Mister, we're going to do a consultant of sale approach uh, for the iPad, and we're going to get somebody to wander around in the mall trying to introduce themselves to people and talk about their data needs, there's going to be a misalignment. And also the types of people that are in the roles for this. Like I've been in lots of companies where people have uh, something more towards the right. They just hire a superstar salesperson and they think it's just going to solve the problems. Really, no, you need marketing to actually do, do some of the lifting. So really the takeaway in this is that I think that uh, before we even talk about uh, the roles and responsibilities or how marketing is sales are aligned, we have to really be on the same page for what is it that we're actually selling and how, what is the process that we're, we're, uh, the prospects are going through, right? Then we can start talking about the right people in the right seat on the bus from a marketing perspective, the right people, the right seat on the bus from a sales perspective, that we're hiring, hiring the right people on both sides. And really, we have to have this defined well inside the company before we actually even hand this off to the sales and marketing groups to try to help our customers go through their, their buyer journeys. 
Now, I'm just going to pass things over to JP, and JP is going to talk a little bit about uh, now, once we have this product sales mix defined, that how we can start go, getting our sales and marketing folks to uh, work a little bit better together. Thanks, Sean. And the whole topic today, obviously, is about marketing sales alignment. And as I've spent my life as a career marketer, starting out in the early dot-com days, working through e-commerce, online marketing, digital marketing, and that's really how we built pipeline deals. I really I ran across this statement a couple years ago by Dave Kellogg, who's a technology exec in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it really got me thinking. There's a couple of things I like about this. And it says marketing exists to make sales easier. Why do I like this? One, it's clear, concise, easy to remember. Second, it's true as if you think of the word marketing as both a verb and a noun. So I like that double entendre and it's simple in that way and it's highly applicable in both ways. And it flows through the entire organization, right? There's a, there's a very smart guy, sold a lot of a couple companies as a professor, much smarter uh, I am. But it, to me, it really distills the essence of marketing and sales alignment. And it's not that marketing as a marketer, as my domain expertise, it doesn't mean we are below or subjugated to the sales team. Or And also, it's not about the sales team. It's about the verb sales as well. Both of those can have the double entendre associated with them. And it's about sales easier throughout the organization. And I would offer that it's not just about new sales. It's also about reselling, upsell, cross-sell, renewal. So when I think about marketing and sales alignment and who feeds who, and I think we do see a lot of power struggles across organizations between the two firms or between the two teams within a given company, is that if we can both get aligned around that general philosophy, if marketing's done right, sales will happen, right? That doesn't mean sales can be weak or inefficient or ineffective, but they're definitely in a symbiotic relationship in understanding how one facilitates the other is mission critical in today's highly competitive environment. So along that line, you know, there has to be a process, a backbone between the sales and marketing efforts. And that process was out today in the questions. Rob asked developing a process to generate quality leads and convert them into sales, right? That's what alignment brings. And I think a lot of teams, both marketing and sales people tend to be more people people, right? They tend to be more about relationships and less about, you know, process and machines. And I mean, we're not engineers, right? We, by trade, by our craft, we choose to work with people and be in a dynamic creative space that requires a different skill set than a more engineering focused world. I think a lot of times, myself included, that we're not really good at process. We're like, oh, we'll figure it out as we go. I just got to sell. I don't have time, you know, but I think the more as we've built pipeline deals, and I've made this mistake over our 13 year journey here, is not spending enough time on process. And there's a couple key tenets of process. Um, and that word, even for me, I have to admit is tough. Uh, but what it delivers is really pretty cool over the long term. And here's why. White process ensures, and these are just a few things to think about when designing your process. And it really comes back to what problems are you solving inside your business? What problems are you solving for? And that's why we asked that question at the uh, forefront of today's talk is 
to get to the point of like, what are we solving for? And some of the things, a good process, both inside of marketing and inside of sales and between the two organizations are problems that are solved by a good process. That ensures consistent follow-up on all leads, right? How many times is a marketer throwing a lead over the wall and feels like it's not getting followed up on? Very, very frustrating. And it leads to be more demoralizing the marketing team. It's like, why even try, right? And then you get into this negative cycle and then it gets into finger pointing, not a good place to be. Process can cure that. Second, Effectively manage your sales pipeline. Of course, you have to have a process to manage your pipeline. And I'll get more into process and addressing Rob's question a little bit. Uh, implement and adopt a consistent sales process, right? So this, I get more into this on the next slide, but if don't adopt a sales process and really think about what that word means inside of your organization. How do you prove you've adopted something how do you prove others have adopted something? Prove it to yourself, right? This isn't about proving it to anyone else, um, but prove it to your own company, uh, yourself first and maybe your boss or CEO later. Um, centralization, right? Uh, being a system of record, all contact, customer data, customer activity, interactions. Um, and the other big thing or problem inside of most companies that a good process will solve, and this will help the marketers too with the top is ensuring consistent follow-up on all leads, is improving the visibility of sales teams' activities. Right? We have a few sales managers in the audience today. We have a few line-level salespeople. And, you know, we are rewarded by the points we put on the board, uh, both as marketers and salespeople. And as we do that, um, if we don't put up points for a while, maybe we flushed our pipeline last quarter whatever. But if we're not putting points on the board, there's always this question in the back of a sales manager, CEO, or VP of sales mind is like, what What are you doing? And having a process allows you to show with unequivocal question what you are doing and what's being effective and what's not. So these are the main points. Like if I'm selling process, process exciting. One, it has to be transparent. Everyone on the team is clear on how the, sim, uh, the system works. It eliminates excuses. I like thinking of when I'm designing our processes with our sales team and our marketing team is thinking of Dr. Brene Brown and she talks about clarity as kindness, right? And I, I believe that people function at a higher level in a kind environment. And that clarity, which is brought by transparency really, really helps people get into a productive space. So everyone's bringing their best every day. Two is consistent. Each team member is doing things in a similar fashion. This is very, very important. This is sometimes hard with a sales team, but this is how you can get to generate, not only generating quality leads, but turning leads into sales. If people are doing it the same way, you can begin to work your process so that you improve over time. And that also allows you for number three is to make it measurable, right? That consistency allows for good measurement of the sales process. And these are all the KPIs that we all live and die by. And some of you asked about today is what are our conversion rates? You know, that's our, you know, what are our sales cycle time? How many leads, MQLs getting to SQLs, right? We, we look at multiple conversion rates here in our business, right? Visitors to trials and triers to buyers. And I think a lot of companies have that same process. And I'll get into a very tactical thing you can take today and put into your business today to make that handoff from sales and marketing clear and consistent. And I'll share that next. And fourth is improvable, right? Like I talk about this all the time here at Pipeline Deals, but let's give ourselves 
the opportunity to improve, right? If we're not transparent, if we're not consistent, if we're not measurable, we can't be improvable. If we're always re-architecting our process and what's a deal stage and what's MQL, what's SQL, it, we will never give our ch- ourselves a chance to improve. And you're, what I find is sales organizations and marketing organizations, but mainly sales folks, we limit ourselves because we don't, or we're resistant to a little bit of discipline that allows the business to improve over time, which is really in the greater, that's more important than this month's quota, is that business improving over time. So with that, what is that one thing that you can take home today and implement between your sales and marketing team to get alignment is this. This is the SLA. I don't, you know, us in technology know what SLA stands for. Not everybody does. SLA stands for service level agreement. And what we've established here is we have this pipeline deal sales growth engine departmental SLA. This is between marketing and sales. And we have a sales development rep group in there away. This is the actual one we built a while ago. As you can see, this one's from two. Uh, 2015, we iterate on it over time, but it's still true and valid today in concept. And this is the document that defines what makes a lead a lead um, and what makes um, a prospect a prospect. And as they move down through the funnel, what are those handoff points? Because anything anybody will tell you in process or systems engineering, things break at the interface. Right. And that is what we are talking about today. We're talking about the interface between sales and marketing. And so without defining the interface, right, think of your old car, your manual transmission, the clutch, it always broke, right? Because that's the interface between the two systems. Same is true here between marketing and sales. Okay. If you have this interface to define between marketing and sales, it can be successful. Okay. And as you can see here, Company name, geography, contact. We just included a snippet. And if you want this, just email me at jp at pipelinedeals.com and I'll send you a copy of this. But there's a key point here is that knowing what makes a marketing qualified lead, a marketing qualified lead, and a sales qualified lead, a sales qualified lead, if you use that nomenclature in your business, it takes away the finger pointing and the frustration between sales and marketing. It's been a hugely valuable, simple, but valuable tool here for us at Pipeline Deals. And one key element of the SLA is the second page. And these are the signatures, okay? Process means nothing if it's not followed by all, right? FBA. And I had the team, both in marketing and sales and the leaders and myself, sign this document. Why? It provides commitment and accountability. And if we ever got into an argument in a sales uh, win-loss meeting, uh, with marketing or a marketing efficacy meeting, like how are the leads coming over? What's the quality? We would just pull this out. And we, hey, we all agreed to this on March 22nd, 23rd. And that really made the conversation productive and kept it out of uh, he said, he said conversation. Okay. So takeaways before you back to you, Sean, you know, entire funnel should have definition alignment, measure everyone's measurement helps everyone and process is mission critical. And we really find that's what works for us here at Pipeline Deals and with the thousands of sales and marketing organizations we work with around the world. That's uh, <clears throat> some great insights. Like definitely think the, one of the things you said there that really resonates is clarity. I think no matter whether it's sales and marketing or anything that people are doing in a company, 
if it's not clear what the expectation is, I think people, they get flustered, they get frustrated, right? So there's nothing more clear than an SLA. It's, uh, I think that's a fantastic idea. And I think that our team's going to take away from that and, they, and, uh, and, and, and act on it. I think it's a great suggestion. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about technology and specifically data strategy, because I think that, like I've been marketing and selling for many years, and in the old days, it was uh, marketing and selling was getting on a plane, going to a trade show, you know, it was all boots on the ground type stuff. But thankfully now with uh, digi- uh, digital marketing and digital selling and communicating with folks, there's a uh, an opportunity to scale our businesses globally without having to spend a lot of time on, on planes. The reality is if we think about the back to the customer, because again, sales and marketing are in this our team trying to help people with the buying process. For us to actually communicate with people effectively, the reality is we have to we have to have well-targeted messaging, we have to have well-timed communications and they're people, right? There's there's people at the end of it. Even though, uh, like back when I was doing trade shows and I was on the trade show floor and I was meeting folks and chatting with folks and you know uh, spending all this time just engaging directly with people. With digital communication, quite often we forget there's people there, right? Is that there are people, and if we have to treat them like people, and uh, people recognize very quickly when it starts bringing the robot in the room, so to speak, right? And uh, as soon as you start feeling that I'm just a number, the reality is it doesn't matter what your efforts are; it's going to be, it's actually might even slow things down. Is is the reality? And with technology, we can actually help people with buying processes by using technology and keeping all of these these uh, these items in line. So I'm going to talk about data, and I think that really one of these challenges, uh, I think of data as that which which machines produce and, and consume, and information is what people consume. But uh, at the root of it is is actually is there's a we end up having a lot of data, and if we do not have a data management strategy the technology that we use is never going to succeed. So I'm going to just spend a few minutes. It's going to get a little bit techy, but I think it's a case that it'll give some some insights into creating a data strategy. Now, if we think about on the, on the right is our funnel, um, marketing and sales funnel. At first, when we're thinking about a business, we're thinking, okay, who are the people we're going to help with our, with our offering, our products and services? You know, these are the folks that were maybe we're building buyer profiles. Maybe we're targeting specific accounts, somebody is thinking, gee, you know, we're going to go out and research the marketplace and try to find folks that we can engage with. So maybe we're going to do some, you know, market reports. Maybe we're going to do investigations on Google. Maybe our sales folks are going to pull together stuff, the CEO, marketing research team, whatever. We're going to look at who we're going to target in the market and the systems that are going to capture this data. And we all have them, lots of slide decks. We have lots of reports. Maybe it's a case some of us have spreadsheets, spreadsheets. And those of us that are using technology, we definitely have some of that data captured in our marketing automation system or in our CRM for target accounts, et cetera. Now, clearly just using this alone, everything is purely speculative, right? Because we're not talking to people. This is all just you know, writing on a whiteboard, so to speak. But it's definitely important, and we're all going through this process, and we're capturing this information. I'm not trying to say that this data is not important, but uh, definitely it is. 
Um, the next, uh, we're going out and doing our work and we're trying to convince prospects to engage with us. I mean, so now we're actually engaging with prospects using our marketing tools or sales tools, et cetera. So maybe it's a case that uh, people are clicking on ads, they're coming to the website, maybe they're uh, emailing us, maybe, they're meet, maybe we're doing the boots on the ground marketing and they're <laughs> meeting us on the trade show floor. The reality is that these people are doing stuff. We start collecting behavior, right? So this is, you know, link clicks, people downloading white papers, doing stuff, right? And we're actually tracking this with our system. And the systems that are actually tracking people are, you know, we're all looking at Google Analytics. Maybe we're looking at our ad platforms or social platforms. Uh, maybe it's a case that we're getting in our marketing automation systems or CRMs, et cetera. And using this data, it's actually better than the speculative data. Now we can actually infer somebody did this. Maybe they'll do it again. Maybe these people will do this under these certain circumstances. The reality is it is inference, right? It is much better than speculative, but it is uh, somewhat uh, uh, we're using inference to use the data to accelerate the buyer journey. And then finally, our salespeople are engaged with folks. Now we're actually people talking to people, or maybe the people are talking to our support staff. And this, I argue, is the best data ever right? Because it is the truth. It is factual. People are saying things. Uh, uh, customers are asking real questions. So uh, really, uh, as you're seeing here, and this, this data is going to be captured in the CRM, maybe in the phone system, chat software, social software with people commenting on your blogs or what have you. Now, as you're seeing here, there is a lot of data. And really, we have to provide systems that have a feedback loop. Because really, it's a case that uh, we can't just focus on uh, individual transactions, we have to actually have a feedback loop and a data strategy where we can leverage all of this stuff to, again, back to the customer, accelerate buyer journeys, making it easier for people to buy our products or services. Now, quite often what we see is people thinking, ah, oh, fantastic, it's uh, it's digital, There's, I'm just going to app my way out of this. I'm going to start, go down to the corner store and start buying apps to to solve my problem. Now, I think one of the most critical apps in a uh, um, in an organization today is a CRM, right? Is if we do not arm our sales staff with a strong CRM that they can, uh, that actually helps them through the buying process, uh, I think it's a case where we're not going to be able to help our customers with their buying journey. Now, what I see is people start bolting apps onto these CRMs, right? Marketers start grabbing a tool belt. They start grabbing uh, apps to try to uh, do the marketing process, right? You know what we to, call this, Sean? What's up? We call this shiny object syndrome. <laughs> Always running around for the next shiny object. And no offense, marketers, but I'm, be I'm guilty of this too. We find marketing is the highest propensity for SOS. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's a case that uh, so we'll start grabbing tools. You know, the the latest new tool, we'll throw it onto the tool belt. It's going to make me uh, do the job faster, smarter, etc. Now, the challenge with this picture is not the tools, right? The the problem with this picture is actually all the tools are good. You know, I think there's a new yeah. tool every day that's fantastic. And the problem with this picture is actually what's missing. And what's missing in this picture is the prospect, right? Little pieces of the prospect are spread out amongst all the different tools, so it makes it very difficult for us to understand what's working and what's not.
Maybe we're statisticians at best, but we do not truly know what the prospects are doing. And we forget that there's people in this story, and that's the customer or the people going through the buyer journey. And speaking of the journey, this type of approach, everything is last click at best, right? We don't have the actual buyer journey, and we're here to accelerate the buyer journey. And without the journey, we cannot actually accelerate it. And something else that is a problem with this model is time. We end up wasting a lot of time, both on the sales side and the marketing side, uh, trying to Uh, understand what this prospect is doing. So back to my first slide in this presentation, we're here to help the customer, right? So I argue the the right approach is to use uh, uh, an integrated marketing system, whether it's a map or it's an integrated marketing platform or some platform that actually pulls the buyer journey, right? It takes from first touch on the website all the way through to brand advocacy, marketers need a tool that is actually capturing the journey so we can accelerate. Now, then, of course, the CRM plays an extremely important part because this is where reality is happening, right? Our salespeople are talking to our to, to the prospect. So there's actually a relationship between the marketing tools, whether you take the uh, shiny object syndrome and grab a whole bunch of tools or you're using an integrated marketing system. Up here at the top of the funnel, the system of record is the tools the marketers choose to get, right? And what I mean by the system of record, this is what's capturing all of the buyer behavior before we lead hand it to sales. So up here, the marketing tools that you choose are used to apply pressure to a population of people to create, back to one of the questions that were asked, good quality leads for our sales folks in a consistent manner. And so this boundary is extremely important. The prospect lead boundary defined by an an SLA, as JP was talking about. But once it gets into the sales hands, the new system of record becomes the CRM. So with a data strategy, we have to, in my opinion, define systems of record. And what I mean by the system of record, what is the data master? What is the one version of the truth? So before we hand it to sales, it's your marketing tool. And after you hand it to sales, the single version of the truth for the buyer journey is the CRM. That's where the truth is. And one of the biggest challenges that I've seen in integration with CRM tools is actually what happens here. If there's not a reflective nature between the sales system and the marketing system, because marketing is still involved. Back to what JP was saying, marketing's role is to help uh, uh, people sell faster or sell easier, right? And so there's still a role for it once we hand it off to sales. Uh, so that really, from a technology perspective, there has to be a reflective nature from the uh, system of record to the marketing tools. And if we do, if we're just passing lists or passing individual contacts, believe me, we end up getting into this place where we are we're tripping over each other with our technology, and we're burning trust. The key takeaway here is I think you really, to solve a lot of our problems from a data, uh, from a marketing and sales perspective, is we need to create a data strategy. We need to understand the inputs and the flow of data. And when we're thinking about a technology stack, they've got to, uh, we've got, we've whether it's the marketing tools or the CRM tools, the reality is the tools have to make the job easier for the folks using them. But there is a relationship between marketing and sales, and hence the tools have to be very well integrated. So uh, 
really, I'm going to talk a little bit. Of, we're going to walk into a, a quick demonstration here of some of the tools that we have. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about uh, our software. And JP is going to talk a little bit about uh, pipeline deals. <clears throat> so Active Demand is an integrated marketing system. It is a marketing automation platform. It is a the whole philosophy of Active Demand is, is a tool set for marketers to apply pressure to a population of people to create sales-ready leads. And one of the most important parts of the platform is it is a journey automation tool. So from first touch on the website all the way through to brand advocacy, Active Demand is tracking all of the behaviors of the prospect so that we can intelligently use tools to accelerate the journey. So from a tool set perspective, we do have a full social media dissemination stack, a full email marketing stack, the concept of adaptive content, landing pages, appointment scheduling, after sales surveys, automation clearly. And I think one of the hottest leads for any business today, and this has never changed, is when somebody calls your business. And if we cannot make the connection between our marketing effort and that very important lead, there's a huge gap in the attribution story. And then from a behavioral perspective, what happens on the phone is the truth. And if we are not can actually capture this and it's not part of the marketing system, I think there's a huge gap. So active demand is a call tracking solution as well. And we have a very deep integration with uh, pipeline deals. I'm going to pass things over to JP. He's going to talk a little bit about pipeline. Sure. Thanks. John, and the one thing you mentioned is, you know, if you're fortunate enough to get the customer or the prospect on the phone, and I find even in today's environment, we're so technology forward that so many companies forget to put their phone number on their homepage. And it's something so simple, um, but it can go so far. And I, I, you know, for a long time, you know, we wanted, we always pick up the phone with a human here at Pipeline Deals. And I just noticed like T-Mobile, that's their big their big win now. And it's just nice to see people getting back to that human to human interaction and just in such a uh, tech, techno forward landscape and business. It's just nice to see that coming back. Um, with pipeline deals, like Sean said, we're fully integrated with active demand. That's why we're doing this today is to share that great uh, seamless integration for the marketing and sales team. Um, and Really what we want to do and how we think about our business is to help uh, the sales team sell smarter. And that is also a huge nod to the marketing team because the mark, as Sean pointed out, marketing has a vested interest in the success of sales, right? Because that's at the end of the day, we're all one team. Um, so we give you the ability to build your sales pipe, your, your sales pipeline with an easy use CRM. Um, automate the tasks so you can spend more time selling. So within, Sean has great in it, uh, automation um, inside of active demand and two pipeline deals. And then once you're in that sales funnel that you saw on the prior slide, uh, two or three slides ago, is we have automations within the sales stack to help you be more efficient. We integrate with your email. Um, you can look and leverage your time. You can make a small sales team look like a big sales team and make sure nothing falls through the cracks. And I mentioned the free support, but we're here for you. We pick up the phone with the US-based human, 866-702-7303. Like it's all uh, there for you um, to take advantage of. Is it all included in their pricing? Nothing extra, uh, no, nothing hidden there. Um, I think from there, you know, what people always ask me, what are the key things I can do with pipeline deals? Number one is organized list views. A lot of people come to pipeline deals off of a spreadsheet. 
I told Microsoft this. They're over, uh, you know, 10 miles away in Redmond, Washington here. We're in Seattle today. And a lot of sales teams come off Excel. And that's okay. Excel works great. But at some point, the sales team grows in sophistication to the point, And you want to start integrating with marketing. That spreadsheet doesn't work anymore. And our list views make an easy, natural, logical transition and expansion from a limited spreadsheet to a list view. And you can do amazing things. You can customize the columns. You can reorganize them. You can sort. You can share them so you have a single uh, view of the truth, as Shaw said. Um, within pipeline deals, you can customize your account, right? You can customize your deal stages, your people status, um, your sources. So you can track back to marketing what sources are um, attributing to your growth or not. Should I go back to questions we answer? Should I go back to that trade show next year, right? Can you justify that trade show spend to your CEO? or your VP of finance, your CFO. Um, and the one thing that a lot of people don't know about with pipeline deals is you can add, uh, we have accounts management, which that means post deal win, you can keep track of that relationship ad nauseum. So when Sean and I were getting prepared for this talk today, I was like, man, this is awesome. We got everything from the first inactive demand, from the first sniff at your website, when somebody lands there to the ongoing, um, never-ending uh, relationship, whether that's cross-sell, upsell, renewal, it's all in one spot between two systems from the beginning to the end. And I think that's a really powerful thing that's lost because then you're not stitching together that myriad of apps that you're going to spend more time trying to stitch the apps together than actually running your business. I see that's a huge sense of frustration in companies today. And I think um, with that, I would open it up to other questions um, from the crowd. Uh, we're getting a lot flowing in. But with that, those are the main problems we solve in pipeline deals. There's much more. We've invested a lot of time, effort, and energy in the tool over the 13 years. But that that is the main high point for pipeline deals in terms of this talk, Sean. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. And it looks like we're getting close to the top of the hour, being mindful of people's time. We had planned a walkthrough on the platform here today. But I think that uh, we might just change gears a little bit and uh, uh, switch to just do cu uh, questions because I think that uh, we may not have time. And again, if you're all any of you are interested in demonstrations of the products, both um, uh, myself and JP have links at the end of the slide. You can go to our websites and book demos where we're very happy to, to show our product off and I would have loved to spend time showing the product here today but I think that uh, looking at the time here we're we're running running close to the, to the and end. I think that's okay Sean I'd rather yep. go through these questions from Raymond Ted Timothy uh, Aaron like Laura like we want to help you solve problems that's what gets me out of bed every day is helping other small businesses solve problems and that's why we exist here at pipeline deals so I think you know I don't know if anyone you know, I really wanted to hit on a couple of them. And one that's really mission critical, uh, Tim at, Timothy asked, hey, how do we get the sales folks excited about using the pipeline deal CRM? And I think for me, that comes, people will naturally get excited if they see it helping them grow their business, right? And it takes a little discipline and accountability at first um, on their behalf to start using it. Right. And we really pride ourselves on the three A's, right? Affordable, approachable, adoptable. Right. We make the software approachable so that it can be adoptable. And the 
if it's getting if it gets adopted and helping your team be adopted, you do that through process. Like this is how we use it. This is the definition of a deal stage. Um, if they start to see that they can do uh, 1.5x, 2x the number of deals that they were doing last year at this time, they're going to get excited because they're going to see it on their paycheck. Generally speaking, Sean, is there one you wanted to? Yeah, I see a couple, and I think that the, uh, and I can even add to that uh, question about people getting excited about the uh, the tool stack, and uh, it's a case that if it's saving people time, whether it's a, the marketing tool stack, and that's one of the big uh, strengths of our platform is the ability to reuse labor across uh, across uh, initiatives, or, and I see one cu- uh, question here. Uh, I look, it's probably somebody from a marketing agency. Can this be used uh, uh, to do to execute um, a marketing services? And I think one of the uh, the tools are really to help people, right? And if we can reuse labor, make the make the tasks of doing work uh, uh, less labor intensive. Let me tell you, people are going to adopt it. Like uh, with with our system, you can reuse labor across a fleet of clients if you're a marketing agency, or reuse campaigns. And I think on the CRM as well is that if, you know, somebody just spends a little bit of time and looks at what's the, what is the salesperson, what's chewing up all the salesperson's time on a daily basis. And if you can show them one thing that uh, reduces the time in the CRM, let me tell you, look, with one of the automations, it's, uh, you're going to get people, people hate doing administrivia, right? So if yeah. we can uh, uh, reduce the labor, tool adoption is going to skyrocket. Um, so, uh, yeah, one of the, uh, oh, what's sorry, sorry. Go ahead. One of the other questions here was about uh, uh, role-based emails. Absolutely, you know, uh, the question is: is Does uh, Active Demand support role-based e- uh, emails? Our platform is an entire personalization system, and, and not just personalization from the experience of the individual. Like you might have been looking around our website, notice our whole website is tailored to you. Uh, the reality is, is from the sales perspective as well, is we want to make sure that it's seamless that the communication there's a relationship between the salesperson and the person the, the the contact prospect customer etc so absolutely we support role-based uh role-based uh messaging and especially with the integration with pipeline deals as we can pass through uh contact owners and then adapt the emails based on what's happening in the single version of truth which is the crm so absolutely yeah and I think, you know, Rob asked, developing a process to generate quality leads and convert them into sales. There's a couple. If you haven't done it, we can help. Uh, we do build sales playbooks uh, for people. And remember, one thing I didn't mention is processes are iterative. You, I did say get, give yourself the opportunity to get better over time, but don't be afraid to change the process. The main point is get a process. If you want our customer success team in conjunction with Sean's team, can help you build a process that spans marketing and sales or just marketing on Sean's case or just sales on our case. We can deliver a playbook. We can give you digital and physical assets inside of your company that says, hey, here is our process, um, whether it's, you know, doing a recording of a demonstration of the tool in uh, at the active demand and the pipeline deals tool stack in your environment with your nomenclature, with your data, and you could record that, and then that becomes part of your training and onboarding for new marketers and new sales folks. So definitely we can help you. I would definitely make sure, if you're going to do it yourself, is you keep those four things in mind about being transparent, measurable, scalable. I forget the fourth one. That's the four. Those, those are the 
key things to keep at the front of your mind as you build a process. And then that will get to Raymond's question, the scalability, right? If you have the process, you can scale, right? Yep. That Absolutely. is um, an important point. One of the things I liked about today's presentation was the customer was the, the uh, audience participation. I think thank you all for taking the time to meet with us and specifically to share your questions and comments in the, in the chat and the questions we asked for you. So hopefully you've used your time wisely. JP? I just want to thank you for the opportunity, Sean. It was great. I just want to encourage everybody to go forth and conquer. You guys can make your own reality.